16 will be to 1. The 16 will be to 1. Georgetown, Princeton. 1989, Georgetown, Princeton. Pete Carrell's my hero. Pete Carrell's my hero. Since 2012, four 15 seeds have beaten twos. Norfolk State, 21 point underdog beats Missouri. Huggy hates Stephen of Austin. 14 beat 3. 14 beat 3. 2016. Only twice in the last 18 years have the fives all beat the twelves. Seven years of the first four, one team has always made the second round of the tournament. Since 2000, only once have all the six seeds advanced. That was 2004. I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here laughing, thinking about the people who are not even going to pick Middle Tennessee State in their brackets. Ah, who's Middle Tennessee State? They can't be good, right? It's not Tennessee. Middle Tennessee State? Who's even heard of them? <laughs> the people who are not going to realize that the Blue Raiders beat Michigan State in probably the biggest upset in NCAA tournament history in 2016. And the same Middle Tennessee State as a 12 seed that was favored to beat Minnesota, the 5 seed, and delivered. And those people are not even going to think they're very good. <laughs> they play somebody like Kentucky. <laughs> oh, and I'm still laughing, too, about the people who will not pick the playing game winners to win the next round. The people who say, oh, look at this playing game. Like USC, they have no chance. They're terrible. They've underachieved, right? Oh, give me a break. Who do they have? Oh, just like last year, right? When they played SMU. <laughs> people just blindly filling out the brackets, taking the top seeds, right? I can't wait for that. That makes me laugh. <laughs> just like those people who won't pick Vermont and will think Vermont. Vermont, they didn't even go undefeated in conference this year. 
Vermont, they lost to Hartford. <laughs> Anthony Lamb, what's that? <laughs> and I'm finally laughing at the people who are going to actually think Rhode Island from the A-10 that's been terrible this year is actually going to do damage in the NCAA tournament after losing by 30 at home to St. Joe's. <laughs> Wait, that's me. I'm not laughing anymore. Thank you, Rhode Island. Thank you for taking the bracket that I did just a couple days ago. Pretty much crumpling it up and throwing it out the window. But that's fine. We're back here tonight on the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. That's right. Mike Randall here with you. Follow me on Twitter at RandallRant and follow the pod at SDS Podcast. I'm coming back with yet another training montage March Madness Breakdown. I'm going to be in, in a straight jacket before this is over. So Gus tonight is out doing his notebook, getting his stuff ready to give you the best mid-major podcast on Saturday morning that's, that's around there. He'll be coming back at you. But tonight, we're going to do practice round number three. That's right. The third practice round for March Madness. If you want the perfect bracket like I am on a mission, like Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail, I'm on the mission for the perfect bracket. I'm on the mission to get every single pick right for March Madness. And the only way you're going to do that is practice. Practice. We practice with Joe Lenardi's bracket. We then practice with Jerry Palm's bracket. I was looking for another one that's updated. We're going to go back to Lenardi because he updates them all the time from ESPN. Follow him at ESPN Lenardi. Does a fine job there, and he keeps updating the brackets, and we're going to pick it again, and we're going to look at some different matchups, and we're going to have some different results. The fluid process that I talk about to you all the time. That's right. The fluid process. We're going to take a look at it, and we're going to pick again, and we've had a lot of teams. We've had some consistency. We've had Purdue. We've had Wichita State. We've had Villanova. We've had Michigan State. Had a bunch of teams there, some blow-up brackets, all that stuff. Michigan, I know. Okay. Let's see what comes out this time. I'm going to go back at it. I'm going to go region by region for you, and we're going to predict it again, because if you're not practicing, you're not trying, and don't get mad at me when you lose to my 70-year-old mother who picks because of the names or whether the head coach looks like her son. Don't get mad because you got to practice and you got to be ready. And that's how you're going to be on point and sharp for March Madness, the greatest day of the calendar year. So let's start in the South bracket here. This is Joe Lenardi's bracketology. Latest one. We have number one, Virginia. And boy, Virginia escaped tonight against Louisville. What an incredible game. I'm sure Gus and I are going to talk about it. UVA escapes at Louisville tonight on senior night. Again, I will hold this to my grave. It doesn't work every time, Rhode Island, but more likely than not, the seniors show up. The Quentin Snyders of the world, the Anasma Moods of the world, they gave Virginia all they can handle, and they covered, and they should have won the game. They were up 5 with 11 seconds left. They were up 2 with 0.9 seconds left under their own basket, but dang Adele Jr., who was in the NBA draft last year, and David Padgett, first-year head coach with no experience, I guess didn't tell him and talk about the fact that you can't run the baseline on a lane violation that occurred when Virginia was trying to miss the free throw. You got to stay stationary. He moved. That's a travel. Virginia inbounds the ball. Tony Bennett does what Tony Bennett does. And the freshman, DeAndre Hunter, who I've been telling you about all year long, if he was on any other program, people would talk about how great he is, but he's in Virginia, and he averages like eight points a game, which is really like 35 on any other team. 
freshman hits a three, puts it in, UVA escapes tonight, and that'll be against the winner of the 16 game, which of course we put just as much energy in as we do against the top games, because that's why we care about the perfect bracket, and that doesn't mean you give up the first couple games. The Nichols Colonels, leading the Southland, will get victory over Hampton out of the MEAC. Nichols is in first place in their conference, Hampton is in second. Nichols has played some very tough teams and scored a lot of points on those teams. They played Villanova earlier in the year and scored 77. They scored 86 against Western Kentucky in a true road game. So give me the Nichols Colonels moving on and losing to UVA, who if you've never seen this type of defense before, you won't be ready to face at all. The next game is fascinating. And gosh, boy, do I love March Madness. I can't think of two teams that I dislike more than St. Mary's and Seton Hall. But that's the matchup that Lenardi has here. Number eight, Seton Hall. Number nine, St. Mary's. Let's see. Randy Bennett versus Kevin Willard. Advantage St. Mary's. Angel Delgado versus Jock Landell. Probably advantage push. Defense, advantage Seton Hall. Chemistry, huge advantage St. Mary's. I will actually put St. Mary's through. So all of you that are loyal listeners of the Screen the Screener podcast know that clearly the team that I have the most disdain for is clearly Seton Hall because I'm actually putting St. Mary's in a mild upset to move on and go ahead of them into the second round. Number five, Kentucky versus number 12, Middle Tennessee State. (laughs) Let me guess. This line would be like Kentucky by two. And boy, people would load up, right? Load up in Vegas. Ah, mortgage, mortgage. All those gambling acts that go mortgage, mortgage, right? Give me Middle Tennessee State moving on. They have an identity. They have a great coach also. They have a big man inside and Nick King who actually scores as opposed to the 5 million Nick Richards slash PJ Washingtons of the world at all average six. I haven't seen impressive play yet from the point guard. They won tonight with basically nothing from Tyreek Dixon, who only played a couple minutes still recovering from the concussion. They didn't need him. Middle Tennessee State moves on. It's a 5-12 game. You know the deal with those. If you don't, then you're really not paying attention. Number four, West Virginia versus number 13, Vermont. I will take Vermont here moving on. I have not seen consistency out of West Virginia. Can you name the last time that West Virginia played a completely consistent game start to finish? I mean, I know they got out hot early against Texas Tech, but did they really play great in the second half? I can't remember a game from start to finish that they played well. They always have dead zones. They always have periods where they go in and out. Vermont has played a lot of great teams on the uh, non-conference. They started at Kentucky and almost won. They will not be intimidated by Press Virginia. They will down screen, back screen, head fake, get to the free throw line. Anthony Lamb is back. He's going to get some games in here under his belt, the America East. He'll be back ready to go. The whole team has played without him. That's an easy 13 Vermont moving on against West Virginia. I'll have Vermont and Middle Tennessee in the second round. Moving down. Number six, Nevada versus number 11, Baylor. I don't like Nevada. You know my concerns. No Lindsey Drew, a point guard. Not a lot of depth. But I also don't like Baylor on the road. And the Martin brothers can certainly rebound, and so can Jordan Caroline. I know Manu Lacan could control this game from start to finish, but it would be on the road. Nevada has played very well since the injury still. They're making shots. Big one at UNLV. The other night game wasn't even close. So I'll actually take Nevada moving on there. I like that matchup. It's probably one of the few matchups where I would actually like Nevada moving on. So give me the six-seeded Wolfpack beating Baylor. Next, number three, Tennessee versus number 14, Charleston. Tennessee inside, very strong. The rebounding. They could be the SEC outright champions or at least a tie. 
uh, which is saying something after they were predicted, what, like 10th in the conference. So give me Tennessee moving on against Charleston. No upset there. Number seven, Creighton versus number 10, Kansas State. A very, very, very live game. This is a tough call. Bruce Weber's done a nice job. Greg McDermott's done a real nice job as well. You know, Kansas State, they have a lot of talent. They've been up and down. Stokes really hasn't been himself since coming back from the foot injury, the broken foot that he had. They've really missed him. He's playing, but he's not playing well and really not scoring a lot. So give me the discipline system of Creighton. I know it's a road game for Creighton, which is tough. It's not a, a, a one I feel great about here because Kansas State's got some guards too. But give me Foster and Thomas and Greg McDermott to eke out a win as the seventh seed there over Kansas State. And then number two, Purdue versus, let's say here, Joe Lenardi has the 15th seeded Penn Quakers being the representative from the Ivy. They will represent and they will lose and Purdue will move on. Second round now in the South Bracket. You have Virginia versus St. Mary's. St. Mary's plays zero defense. Do you really think St. Mary's playing no defense is going to beat Virginia? Really? Do you really think that, folks? After watching them get destroyed by Gonzaga in the game at home where they could have really put the WCC away, do you have faith in them? I certainly don't. You think Hackman Landell is going to eat up Virginia inside? Jack Salfers, Hackman Landell. Talk about a great matchup there. Virginia moves on as the one seed to the Sweet 16. Middle Tennessee State and Vermont, two teams that I love and I would not want to see them play against each other. I will take Middle Tennessee State to move on here because of their athleticism, because of their energy. I don't know if Vermont's got two wins in them. I think Vermont would be spent going against West Virginia. I like Middle Tennessee State on the short turnaround there with Nick King inside being really probably the most dominant player on the floor. Trey Bell Haynes is wonderful. I know that. Anthony Lamb would have to be 100% in this game, and I don't know if he will be able to score over the taller, more athletic Blue Raiders. So give me Middle Tennessee State as a 12 seed moving on. Nevada versus Tennessee. Would love to pick Nevada here. I can't put Nevada in the Sweet 16 without a point guard. I just can't do it. They don't play a ton of defense. Tennessee's going to fight with them inside and battle. They'd have to be scalding hot from three. They're going to need every ounce of that to beat Baylor, whereas I think Tennessee will have a nice win over Charleston. So I'll take Tennessee, the three seed, moving on. And then Purdue versus Creighton. You know, if Creighton was fully healthy, this is a game they could win with Crample, but they're on the road. Purdue is a better balanced team. Isaac Haas inside. Purdue moves on. So our Sweet 16 in the South bracket would be number one, UVA, number 12, Middle Tennessee State, number three, Tennessee, and number two, Purdue. Now to the Elite Eight, Virginia versus Middle Tennessee State. I'm no fool. I will take Virginia. I will take Virginia to move on there. I don't think Middle Tennessee could win three high-level games. Kentucky, then a close game with Vermont, and then Virginia. That's a lot to ask. I think their defense would be very strong. Tonight, they won a tough game in Louisville on senior night. A lot of emotion there. That impressed me. Virginia moves on in a heartbreaker to me and goes to the Elite Eight, and they will play Purdue. I think Purdue inside-outside. Uh, if assuming Vince Edwards is healthy, he's had some time to rest. And the other key too is that Purdue is going to have pretty much what two weeks, give or take, to rest after the Big Ten tournament, even if they make the finals. So that's going to be very helpful to Purdue. They're going to get right, perfect balance. Purdue moves on. If Tennessee played them right now, that may be a different story. But playing them in the Elite Eight, I think, will be fine. And then Purdue versus UVA. I'm sorry, Virginia can't get by Michigan State. They have an issue with Big Ten teams, I guess, and they're not getting by Purdue. Purdue plays really 
really solid defense also. So now Virginia is going to have to face a team that also plays defense. It's not going to be a contrast in styles. So give me Purdue, the Boilermakers, moving on into the Final Four from the South Bracket. So in the East region, we have another playing game. 16, Arkansas Pine Bluff, Golden Lions against the Wagner Seahawks. Wagner out of the NEC. Arkansas Pine Bluff out of the SWAC. We love SWAC basketball here. So despite the fact that Arkansas Pine Bluff started the year 0-14, playing against teams like Troy, North Dakota, not really challenging themselves at Air Force. They've come around. They've played very well in conference. They just won at Grambling and killed their losing streak. Then they had to go back on the road to Jackson State, and they lost there. But I'll take Arkansas Pine Bluff moving on against Wagner simply because I think they're hot right now. They play an exciting brand of basketball, and I think Arkansas Pine Bluff is a team that can really win this game, this playing game. They're going to come out more aggressive than Wagner will, and the Northeast Conference doesn't usually do great in the NCAA tournament. So I'll, I'll take the Golden Lions there to advance. And then they'll end up playing the number one seed Villanova Wildcats where they will go out. Villanova is balanced. Villanova is great. The game will be in Pittsburgh, close to home. Villanova moves on. Next game, Texas A&M versus NC State. This is just a battle of coaches to me. This is a battle of chemistry to me. This is a battle of teams going in different directions. NC State won four consecutive ACC games for the first time in, gosh, in a real long time, 2006, I think it was. So give me NC State moving on there, upsetting the eight seed Texas A&M. Number five seeded Clemson versus number 12 Loyola Chicago. Beautiful matchup. I'd love to see this because I would have Loyola Chicago advancing. You heard what Brad Evans said. Great brand of basketball discipline. I don't like Clemson. They're shorthanded with Grantham inside. I think they've been overachieving all year. It's a 5-12 matchup to, to boot. Loyola Chicago's won at Florida. You know they've played some tough teams and played very well. So give me Loyola Chicago moving on as the 12 seed over Clemson. Ohio State versus Buffalo. Buffalo's done a nice job out of the Mid-American Conference. They haven't beaten any major teams in their non-conference, but they played them tough. They played St. Bonaventure, San Diego State. Cincinnati kept it close, almost almost won that game, lost by six. That's really indicts Cincinnati more than it does help Buffalo. But they're going to run into Ohio State, and they're not going to have an answer for Kata Bates-Diop. Cam Williams is back. Chris Holtman's done a great job there in his first year in Ohio State, and I think that they're cutting their nails there on the Big Ten. They're a dark horse to even win the Big Ten tournament, and they have the best player on the floor by a landslide, so Ohio State moves on. Then Texas against Providence. You know, Texas would be the team that a lot of people would pick. Mobamba's banged up. Eric Davis now is out. Right now, if the game's played right now, which is how I do this, I would take Providence over Texas. And I would do that because... They're shorthanded Texas. Bomba's hurt right now. Providence has been up and down, but they've had the ability to get some big wins. They got Xavier. They did beat Creighton by 14. They did beat Butler by 10. They beat Villanova by five. Those are enough big wins for me to get by a shorthanded Texas team. So give me the Friars and what a game that no one would pick. Providence moving on there ahead of Texas. And they will play in to number six seeded Florida. Now, you know I'm going to put one of these playing games winners through, but it's not going to be here. I'm going to put the Gators through here. I don't think Providence has the total package of talent, coaching, karma, season experience to beat Florida there. I will like Florida moving on. I like Providence, but I don't think this is the game where the play-in team wins. Hint, hint, and spoiler alert. So give me Florida as a six seed moving on. Number three, Cincinnati versus 14, Bucknell. We've talked about this game over and over again. We like Bucknell from the Patriot, but I do think Cincinnati will step up here with their defense. I don't like them winning a big, big game, but certainly I don't see them getting upset. I'll be talking about that in the next pod. We talk about the teams that 
tend to avoid getting upset are the ones really that play strong defense in Cincinnati does. So give me the three-seeded Bearcats moving on. On the bottom part of that bracket, in the East, number seven, Arkansas, number 10, Arizona State. Tough game here. Arizona State just hasn't been consistent enough for me. They're going to try to run and gun with Arkansas, and that's not what you want to do with Arkansas. Gafford is an issue inside. The freshman's been fantastic, really coming into his own. Arkansas played well. They beat Auburn home the other night. I know they haven't been great on the road here, but neither has Arizona State. So in the battle of those two teams, they both have solid coaches in Mike Anderson and Bobby Hurley, and I just don't think they'll have an answer inside. I think Arkansas will kill them on the boards, and if they're going to chuck, Arkansas will chuck with them too. So give me Arkansas moving on the seven seed over Arizona State, and then number two, Duke versus Ryder. Give me the Dukies moving on there against Ryder. I think even playing their zone defense, they will be fine. Next round, number one, Villanova versus number nine, NC State. They'll have flashbacks. You'll see things on TV about when NC State knocked them out a few years ago in the second round. It's not going to happen here. Jay Wright will learn from that. Kids will remember that, certainly, of course, and they will come ready to go. So Villanova should move on with their incredibly balanced starting lineup. Number 12, Loyola Chicago. Number four, Ohio State. I do like Ohio State to continue. I am not going to put Loyola Chicago into the Sweet 16, not against a high-quality coach like Holtman, not against Kata Bates-Diop, who Loyola Chicago will really have a tough time matching up with. They match up well with Florida, but not against Ohio State. So give me the Buckeyes to move on. On the bottom, we have six Florida versus three Cincinnati. I think Florida moves on here. I think this is a team that when they're playing at their best can beat anyone in the entire country. They lost at home to Alabama. Then they went on the road to Alabama and stuck it to them. They have experience. They played well in PK80. You know that. Mike White, everybody who was there last year, Chioza. So Florida will move on as a six seed. Number two, Duke versus number seven, Arkansas. I will take Duke to beat Arkansas and move on. Arkansas is very dangerous and they certainly can get get inside there and play well. And they gave North Carolina a huge scare last year, but I don't think that will happen here. I think this is a matchup that favors Duke. I think Bagley and Carter inside will be able to certainly mitigate whatever Arkansas is going to do on the block and give me Duke moving on. First time in a while I've had Duke moving on to Sweet 16. Continue now. We got four teams left. Villanova versus Ohio State. I think Villanova easily goes through there. Through there, I like the Wildcats to go to the Elite Eight against Ohio State, who had a tremendous season first year under Chris Holtman, who was hired late. Number six, Florida versus number two, Duke. You know, it's amazing. I put Florida through the other night, and I'm not going to do it here. I'm looking at Florida, and I'm looking at the matchups, and a lot of it is when you play them. So Duke would have a chance now in this game to rest up for four days to play Florida. Wouldn't be a short comeback. Wouldn't be all Florida was hot and just continued to stay hot. You know, kind of like when Northern Iowa beat Kansas, they had to wait four games and come back. Northern Iowa came back that year against Michigan State and hung in there, but in the end just didn't have enough. I think there's a difference between a young underdog coming back on one day rest and just slinging it up there against the favorite and having to wait four days. I don't see Duke waiting four days coming and playing Florida and losing. It's really about when you play them, which I think is very important. So I will put Duke through. This will be a one versus two bracket here in the East, and I will put the Villanova Wildcats going through. So, so far, it's been pretty boring. We had Purdue as a two seed from the South, and right across from them on the top part of this four pod bracket, we're going to have Villanova going through as a one seed. So those are two pretty generic ones, but I don't see a lot of places that Villanova is going to get tripped up. The Clemson-Ohio State 4-5 game is a weak 4-5 game. This is an easy bracket for Villanova. And on the bottom, Duke really doesn't have a lot of teams to worry about. They don't see Wichita State. They don't see North Carolina. They don't see 
a Creighton. They don't see teams like that. So this is a nice bracket for them. So give me Duke going there, the Elite Eight, but falling to Villanova. You know, ever since we started this podcast, we've been doing SDS lines. People keep tweeting us and emailing us. They want to know advice. They want to know who we bet on, what we're betting on, but most importantly, they want to know where we're betting. Well, let me tell you this, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So that's why I always tell people to go to the site that I go to, which is mybookie.ag. MyBookie has been in this business for years. Their rep is rock solid. They do 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. You put in $100, they give you $100. You put in $500, they give you $500. They have the fastest payouts in the business with 48-hour processing. When you win, you get paid. You guys know who's going to win, right? You know these spreads. You have feelings on these games. Well, lay down some cash and win big today. We wouldn't recommend this to any of the listeners if we didn't do it ourselves and we didn't like it and think it was a reputable site, and it certainly is. It's been good to me, and it can be great to you. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to mybookie.ag. They have in-game wagering, live betting, and the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. Use the promo code SDS. That's right. Use the promo code SDS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. MyBookie.ag. Now in the West bracket, going down to the bottom. So this is on the same side as Purdue on the uh, Purdue in the South. Number one, Kansas versus UNC Asheville. Kansas certainly, I think, will move on there. I don't think that's the 16 seed that will take them out. Number eight, Butler versus number nine, Florida State. I will take Butler moving forward there in a game that I really struggle with. It's one of these hard ones. I think this would be Butler by like minus one. Couldn't you see that? I really struggle with that, but I'll put Butler through as the eight seed. Number five, Gonzaga versus number 12, New Mexico State. Gus would. Gus may refuse to pick this game, to be totally honest with you, if it happened. I'll put Gonzaga through. New Mexico State could surprise and will be ready to go, but not a team that's out west that is not going to be intimidated by them. Not a team with Mark Few who's going to allow the team to sneak up on them. Not with their experience last year. I don't see the defending champions going out in the first round simply because it's a 5-12 matchup. So give me Gonzaga moving on. Number four, Arizona versus 13, South Dakota State. I changed this one with Sean Miller back and Alonzo Trier back today. Trier, Aiton, Miller, something like that scandal could unify them. That could be exactly what they needed. So give me Arizona moving on against South Dakota State. If you came to me about a Three days ago, this would probably be a different pick, but I'll take Arizona to move on there and play Gonzaga. It would be a great game. We'll get back to that in a minute. Number 11, USC versus number 11, Louisville. I will put USC through. You saw David Padgett tonight, folks. All he had to do was remind Dengadel not to move onto the baseline there after a, a lane violation on a free throw. He obviously didn't do it because Dengadel wouldn't have done it then. And... I don't trust them. I was watching the relationship between the coach and him. I just don't think he's ready for this spot. I think USC eats them up here. They're big inside also. So Anas Mahmoud's not going to do anything that they're not going to see. I think USC wins very, very easily. And that is bad news for the Rhode Island Rams, who, gosh, just a last couple days ago, I had Rhode Island going to the Elite Eight. Not anymore. They would get eliminated because of this hot playing game. It's all about the matchups, folks. USC would move on and knock out Rhode Island there in the first round. There's your 11 seed going through. 
Number three, Auburn versus number 14, UNC Greensboro. Would love to give you Greensboro here. Really thinking about it. I will take Auburn with their talent and the guards. Guards win in March. And this isn't a team that necessarily will take advantage of it. So I will put Auburn through. But you probably know where the next pick is going to go when they play USC. On the bottom, Houston versus Oklahoma. I'm off the Trey Young bandwagon. He's a one-trick pony. He's exhausted. He's getting worn down. Houston doing a nice job with Kelvin Sampson. Give me the Cougars moving on there. And they'll face North Carolina, who will have no trouble with UC Irvine. The small lineup for UNC is, is working well, and they'll be fine against UC Irvine. The Anteaters, UNC, will move on to the second round. North, and now we'll go back to the top. Kansas versus Butler. This is not Chris Holtman. This is not Brad Stevens, and if it was, I would put him through. But Laval Jordan, his first year upsetting Kansas, that's not going to happen against Billy Self. Give me Kansas moving on there as the one seed. Gonzaga versus Arizona. Very interesting. Give me the Arizona Wildcats to move on here. And this will shock everyone. I wonder what Gus will say about this one. Arizona with their center inside. Aiton has been a huge force. Trier will have to be accounted for. Gonzaga has not played defense all year, and they have not shot the three well. So I think that's very tricky, and that's a tough combination against Arizona. Sean Miller will have this team ready to go. Raleigh Hawkins is a matchup problem. They will be physical with Gonzaga. Give me Arizona to move on there into the Sweet 16. On the bottom, USC-Auburn, no surprise. USC will move through here. This is a team that has everything you would think. Remember, they were in the top five preseason. So while they haven't played well, the potential is certainly there. Andy Enfield got him going last year enough to upset SMU, and I think he would get him here to upset a shorthanded Auburn team that would not be able to match them inside. In order for Auburn to win this game, they'd have to do what? Shoot well from three, which on back-to-back row games, I just don't see happening. So give me USC, the 11 seed, moving on the Sweet 16, and they will face North Carolina. The Tar Heels would move on easily over Houston to the Sweet 16 of the West Bracket. Kansas versus Arizona, I will take Arizona. And here is where I think the matchups come into play. I think Sean Miller does a nice job with pack line and helping recover. I don't think he'll do stupid things like help off of Svi Mihailek on a Devontae Graham dribble. I think Arizona will match them. I think Aiton will eat up Azubuki inside, get Kansas in foul trouble. Kansas has a low bench. I don't see a team that has struggled up and down for Kansas, even though they won the Big 12 for the 14th consecutive year. I like Arizona to move on as the four seed here, and they will face North Carolina, the two seed, who will dispose of USC and end their run. USC has been very up and down all year, and usually that doesn't translate to four consecutive great games. So USC wins the playing game. USC beats Rhode Island. UNC beats Auburn, but then USC does not beat North Carolina, giving you in the West an elite eight matchup between Arizona and North Carolina. I will put Arizona through in what will be an incredible story. Arizona, because they are big inside, because they will be able to D up on Joel Berry. It's all about the matchups. And we'll be talking the Sean Miller redemption story here. And DeAndre Ayton will be motivated to play. And he will he will have a, a huge field day against Luke May, who struggles against bigger, more athletic bigs than him. So that short lineup will not work on the road. Give me Arizona to knock North Carolina out and go on to the final four. So there's our four seed and only one bracket left. We have produced. Do as a two, we have Villanova as a one, and we have Arizona as a four, which means, folks, that the Midwest has to be the blow-up bracket, and there'll be some blowing up here. And you know where the blow-up will start? That's right. 
I'm predicting the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles to defeat Xavier in the first round. Oh, I would love it. Florida Gulf Coast is looking great in the Atlantic sun. They're rolling through it. Xavier would come in with Trayvon Blewett and Kaiser Gage, who never shoots a two. This would be a fantastic matchup. Florida Gulf Coast, I've been on them all year. You think I'm nuts. I'm just doing it for drama. No, I'm not. I believe it, folks. I truly believe that Florida Gulf Coast versus Xavier is a bad, bad matchup for Xavier. I will pick a 16 beating a one. Florida Gulf Coast will do it, moving on and beating Xavier. That's right. Let me know on Twitter. Again, at Randall Rand. If you don't like it, at Screen the Screener Podcast, at SDS Podcast, let us know. But I'm picking this with my heart. I'm not doing it for drama. Love Florida Gulf Coast, and Xavier doesn't want any part of them. So Florida Gulf Coast moves on. Virginia Tech against Missouri. Love Missouri here. Looks like Michael Porter Jr. is going to play. Virginia Tech been very up and down this year. They can get up for games here and there. But here comes Missouri, who played in the SEC, who played tough. And who can get Michael Porter Jr. back, who's going to want to impress those scouts when he goes to the NBA draft. Him sitting out is not the right move. I know he could come back and get hurt again, but he could all, I think right now he's not going to get drafted necessarily as high as he would if he comes back and he bets on himself and just plays a little bit in the NCAA tournament can really raise his stock as well. So Porter Jr. looks like he'll be back and that'll be enough to upset the number eight seed of Virginia Tech Hokies in the first round of the Midwest. Number five, Michigan versus number 12, Louisiana. I love the way Michigan's playing. You know that. They all shoot threes. They have a lot of big guards and forwards, and they got Moritz Wagner inside, who's very underrated, and they have Beeline, who's a phenomenal coach. So give me Michigan to move on there and not get upset in the 5-12 game, which is fine because we already have Middle Tennessee State and Loyola Chicago as 12 seeds upsetting five, so we keep that going there. Texas Tech versus Murray State. I think Texas Tech is good. I think Texas Tech needs a break. They need some rest here. I think they need Keenan Evans healthy, but they play tremendous defense. This is not an upset that you're going to see. I already have Vermont beating West Virginia as a 13 beating a four, so I don't need another one. Give me Texas Tech moving on there and disposing of the racers from Murray State. Number six, TCU versus number 11, St. Bonaventure. This is a tough game. I like both of these teams a lot. And the Bonnies have great guards, and Mark Schmidt is a, is a strong, strong coach. But Jamie Dixon's got some magic. That game is slated for Dallas. That's where that game is slated. So it would be TCU playing in their home state, and that'll be good enough for the Horn Frogs to get by. Jamie Dixon magic moving on as the sixth seed where they will face Wichita State. The Shockers will not lose to the north of Northern Kentucky. Wichita State is getting their balance back. They came back in overtime against UCF on the road after a huge win against Cincinnati. So I love UCF. I love Wichita State moving on as a three seed there. Holden Chalk on the bottom. Miami versus Alabama. Laranega versus Avery Johnson. Alabama's in free fall. Love Miami. Maybe Bruce Bowen can be back. Probably not. But Chris Likes is playing tremendously well for Miami, so he can do some things as well. Miami and Laranega, after that big win at UNC on senior night, they'll move on where they'll play Michigan State, who will dispose of the Grizz. We love the Grizz on the podcast, but we'll take Michigan State moving on in the Midwest. So we have, that's right, boy, does it make me feel good, the 16th seed of Florida Gulf Coast Eagles versus number nine, Missouri. I will take Missouri to move on here with Porter being back. Jonte Porter's played very well for them. So I think Missouri really get things going there. And Florida Gulf Coast, I think, is good for one upset. But back-to-back is asking a little bit much. So give me Missouri there moving on into the Sweet 16, which would be a nice upset. 
Number five, Michigan versus number four, Texas Tech. You'll be surprised at this one. I will take Texas Tech to beat Michigan. I can hear the gasps all the way through the podcast. Yes, I would like Texas Tech coming off a rest. This is a team that was looking like a one seed when things were really clicking and Keenan Evans got hurt, but he'll have plenty of time to get healthy here and they will be physical and they will play defense and Chris Beard will be up to the challenge of going against Beeline. Keenan Evans is the best player on the floor. They have big guys inside as well. Zaire Smith will do some really nice things. So see, I can be objective here. Texas Tech is not a good matchup for Michigan. Give me the Red Raiders moving on into the Sweet 16. On the bottom, TCU versus Wichita State. I will, of course, take the Shockers. I don't think there's any reason not to take them. That game will be in Dallas, so Wichita State will certainly travel as well, coming from Kansas. And I like the Shockers because of their defense, and Shaq Morris inside will mess up Brodzianski. And they will move on to the Sweet 16, where they will face the Michigan State Spartans. The team from top to bottom, front to back, depth, players, inside, outside. Cassius Winston, you heard the stat the other night, 78% from three late in the games. I have Michigan State moving on there, no problem, against Miami. So our Sweet 16 matchups, number nine, Missouri versus number four, Texas Tech. Give me the Red Raiders to move on here. Texas Tech Red Raiders as the four seed to move on and defeat Missouri to go into the Elite Eight where we would have thought they would have been about two and a half weeks ago. So this isn't a huge leap of faith here. They get healthy. And Wichita State versus Michigan State in what will be an unbelievable matchup. I will put Wichita State through over Michigan State. The turnovers bother me. They do. And Wichita State will come up with a great defensive outing like they did against Kentucky last year. And without a point guard on Michigan State and with the turnovers that Wichita State will take advantage of and their free throw shooting, Marcus McDuffie will be a tough matchup. This is not a good one for for Michigan State. I like Wichita State, the Shockers, to upset and move on as the three seed and they will face the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So in your looking and saying it's a three versus a four, it's not a big blow up bracket. Yes, it is because I don't know anyone who would knock out Xavier and knock out Michigan State and knock out a Michigan or a TCU in this bracket as well. So we have Wichita State versus Texas Tech, and I will put Wichita State through as the three seed. I love what the Shockers do. I know you think I'm a homer. I know you think I have take lock. Just see what they do to Cincinnati on Sunday and then get back to me. The Shockers move on out of the Midwest as a three seed. So no huge Final Four upsets here. Just an odd mix maybe that not many people will have. We have in the South, the Purdue Boilermakers as a two. We have in the East, the Villanova Wildcats as a one. We have the Arizona Wildcats out of the West as a four. And we have the Wichita State Shockers as a three. And then in my final four matchups, Purdue versus Arizona. I will take, assuming that Vince Edwards is healthy, which is what I'm going to assume here, I will take Purdue to move on against Arizona, and the difference will be Carson Edwards. This will be the wonderful Carson Edwards coming out game. Purdue will go into the final championship 2018 NCAA tournament game where they will face the Villanova Wildcats, who will knock off Wichita State. That's a tough matchup for Wichita State because Jalen Brunson and Landry Shamick can go back and forth. McCall Bridges will be on McDuffie. That's balanced. That is not a matchup. They don't have an answer for DiVincenzo, so I will put Villanova through. So number one, Villanova versus number two, Purdue, and I will have the Villanova Wildcats. Sorry, folks. Traditional pick, the number one seed there out of the East, moving on to be your NCAA champion. 
So there you go. There's practice number three, rising up back on the street in the search for the perfect bracket. You have to have some guts. You have to have some upsets. You have to pull some strings around the 512. You have to pull some strings out of the 413. And yes, folks, the biggest thing to come out of this bracket is we've been talking about it all year on the Screen the Screener podcast. Can a 16 beat a one and the Florida Gulf Coast Eagles will upset the Xavier Musketeers in the first round. Folks, make sure to check us out on Randall Rant. Follow Gus at Currents 12 myself at Randall Rant, the podcast at SDS Podcast. You'll have Gus's mid-major podcast coming up on Saturday. A whole lot of action going through, and don't think we're done with these training sessions, because right now we just saw Adrian come in, the lovely Mrs. Randall just walked in, and sat here and said, are you still training, just like she did in Russia to Rocky? And I said, yes, I am. We're going back there with Tony. We're going to start working out in the barn. Mrs. Randall's going to be in there with her boots, and we're going to get ready to knock off Drago. And we're going to get ready to continue on the quest for the perfect 2018 NCAA tournament bracket.